0: everyone. Greetings. I am Jay Love, and thank you for joining us today for turning a moment into a movement, and I also represent the Justice for Gerard movement. Gerard is my son who was wrongfully convicted of a crime he didn't do, actually and factually innocent, Um, didn't do the crime, didn't have no knowledge of it, and went to prison for that crime. So because of that um, journey with him. I met so many people and I learned so much and I decided to create a platform where I can also educate um, the community as I learn to give back to also help um, people to help out so what happened to me wouldn't happen to um, anyone else. So that's why we're here every Friday, almost every Friday at 6 p.m. So I want to say hello to those that's watching on YouTube, hello Facebook, and hello Twitter. Uh, I don't know if there's something going on with it tonight, but hello to Twitter. Hello to those who listen on the podcast platforms. Thank you guys for um, supporting us, and so we ask that you know you all like and uh, subscribe to our other platforms outside of Facebook. And so we can continue to do everything that we do here on Turning the Moment into a Movement. Our mission is to bring awareness to the wrongful conviction of Gerard and all the others who are wrongly convicted, over-sentenced, mentally ill, medically frail in our community. To inspire, organize, and educate all communities about the need to disrupt systems, policies, and patterns of the criminal legal system that leads to on, wrongful convictions, so that's why we're here. Thank you for joining us. Um, this week we're gonna do a little something different. Um, I just felt that it was a time for us to take a woo-saw. Um, There's so much going on in our communities, um, so much injustice, so much, um, just so much. Food is high, rent is high, gas is high. Everything is just crazy. People are stressed to the max. And even us that are advocating for our loved ones that's wrongfully convicted, we need to take a side sometimes too. So tonight, um, I brought our special guest in who was our speaker at the Wrongful Conviction, I mean the Love Gathering, the Love Gathering that was um, in June, um, Dr. Sheree Richardson, we're going to bring her. She's coming on tonight and we're going to talk about prior, how to privatize, um, (laughs) prior, my words is getting all messed up. Prioritize our peace, how to make our peace the number one goal. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And so before we get there, I'm going to bring on, uh, I'm going to bring on way tonight. I'm going to bring him on first. Greetings, Dwayne.
1: Greetings, everyone.
0: <laughs> Caught you while you was eating.
1: Yeah, I'm looking a little <laughs> bit better. I was Hi, bored.
0: So introduce yourself, because you, this is a great time for you to introduce yourself. Um, so introduce yourself and tell everyone what it, who you are and what it is that you do and what you've been doing and all that.
1: Uh Dwayne Brooks um, from Long Island, New York. I was uh, wrongfully convicted in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, back in 1988, and I served 35 years all the way up until April 25th of this year. I, I was released, and um, I got exonerated on September 22nd Of this year it's 2023 and now my case is uh of course going into the civil court it's in the civil court and um so they're trying to figure out how they can somehow uh compensate me for taking 35 years of my life all my youth um with youth, uh, the help, um, how they can compensate me for all the people that I lost, including my, my brother and my grandparents and all my uncles except one and my aunts, you know, and on and on and on. And, you know, how can I be compensated? How's there any justice yeah. for me? So I'm here and everything I do now is about spreading the awareness that, you know, I was uh, convicted with no evidence, um, no witnesses, except for the state's star witness who uh, after, after 33 years, we found out actually did the crime and that the prosecutors had the evidence to show that he did it and show that I didn't do it. They took me to trial facing the death penalty with the evidence in hand that I didn't do it. So they didn't care that I didn't do it. They were still going to, um, put me to death if, if they could, if, if the jury would have uh, voted for death. So, um, yeah, I'm here, you know, I'm going to do my best to be here every time, you know, um, uh, because people need to know that these type of things are happening to people, you know, innocent people, Yeah. you know, they, they go to soaps, so you know, so far of, of, I don't even know the correct terminology, but they go to lengths to convict people with no evidence. They, 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 they taint and hide evidence that shows that they didn't do it. You know, so black people in this country and I, I'm, you know, I don't, I never had a lot of money, so I can't speak for that, but I'm just speaking for my experience. We, we cannot get a fair trial. You know, when these prosecutors are allowed to, you know, break the law, Yeah, they breaking the law to get a conviction on people that they know didn't do it. And nothing is being done about that. They have qualified immunity and they can't be prosecuted. You know, it's ridiculous. They can't even be sued. So there's no repercussions for them. And this is why they're so corrupt prosecutors throughout this, this whole country just like they did your son you know yeah. uh, everybody that's been wrong wrongfully convicted we were up you know on that gallows, just like all our ancestors ready to be hanged looking out into a to a a, a a a crowd full of people whose faces show no no empathy or no sympathy you know so i felt it you know and I was in a whole different state when the crime occurred and they still convicted me with no evidence, no evidence, you know, mm-hmm. so they went through all kind of stuff to make sure that I didn't get a fair trial. And this is why, you know, it finally came out. This is why I'm, I'm here today, you know, so I'm doing my best to, you know, make people aware. Um, I did the Clay Kane show on Sirius Radio a couple weeks ago. And I think that it, you know, my story reached a lot more people. I know it did because his show is, uh, you know, nationwide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, they were, uh, you know, nice enough to, you know, have me on the show. And I think they've aired the show uh, two or three times since then. So people are becoming aware. I mean, you know, the truth sometimes is hard for people to swallow when all their lives they've been sheep, led around, you know, in these devices and totally distracted from really, you know, what's really going on. Right. And I'm here uh, to, you know, shake, shake them up out of that because they leading us over cliffs.
0: I'm First of all, I'm so glad that you didn't get the death penalty. I'm so glad that you're here and thank you for, you know, sharing your time and your story with us on Fridays. Um it's not everyone had, you know, had that same opportunity. There are so many others that are still behind bars right, right. now. That's right. And they probably would never some of them are never gonna get exonerated their stories will never get told so i'm so glad that you can be here so people can see that the face of wrongful innocent people look just like you just like me just like them they're you know it's anybody it can happen to anybody
1: could happen to anybody you know you know when these these courts the judges the the um I had assigned lawyers and The project they all playing you know the same game they're in cahoots you know because like i said before everybody in there had a law degree except me so they knew what was going on you know they knew the fix and they knew they was getting ready to railroad me and and, you know do whatever they could to to gain those convictions and hoping that they could kill me because you know from the time of conviction to the time of execution in ohio is 20 to 22 years that's the average so I would have been dead 13 to 15 years ago had they got the death penalty.
0: Wow. Yes, yeah, Dwayne. And that's 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 the injustice that we are here to bring the light on every Friday. See Dwayne, I mean Kevin. Hi Kevin.
3: <laughs> so I am like i am let him to Ricotta. How you doing? How you doing, JLo?
0: Hi, how are you?
3: great so far so good
0: introduce yourself you guys usually on the back end so i'm doing the reverse this week (laughs) okay
3: well hello everyone uh good evening my name is kevin haynes i'm from brooklyn new york um i did 27 years of conservation and um in the feds um so i know what it's like to be railroaded and although i may have done some of the stuff they said i did but it starts with it starts with people ignoring justice. It's like, regardless if a person did anything or not, they have a right to a equal protection under the law. But before I go on, let, let me go on, um, um, tell you I'm a paralegal. I, um, I uh, do work with Devil Boys in Pimpton. I go around, I speak, I've spoken at Yale University. Harvard several times, the American Bar Association here in New York City, and um, NYU and a few other spots I have spoken regarding prison reform, um, criminal injustice. Uh, 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 Another topic is 18 U.S.C. 924C, which is a stacking thing regarding, um, a stacking enhancement regarding uh, a gun, uh, whether you use it or not. Um, they'll stack you up and put you uh give you a life sentence and um so just pretty much speaking on this prison reform criminal reform I work in tandem with the honorable Raymond uh, uh, uh judge Derry honorable Raymond J Derry uh he speaks uh that was Trump's trump special master as well as um my handler is um um the honorable John Gleason he's a retired federal district court judge he's also was the prosecutor who prosecuted John Gotti so this is um so now I'm here, and this is who I'll be working with to for, to bring about prison reform.
0: Thank you for joining us. I You're look forward every week when you come on because you bring a wealth of knowledge. So thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I appreciate you, Kevin. You're welcome. Greetings, Trisha.
4: Hey, family. Are hey. y'all doing First- this Friday night?
0: First of all, Trisha, I want to say happy birthday.
4: (laughs) Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My born (laughs) day is December the 4th. So, you know, I'm celebrating all weekend. I'm having a little solo party tonight. So I got my Coke Zero and I got some pizza. And uh, my favorite pizza is barbecue chicken pizza with no bacon. Ain't no pork on my pork. okay? Okay. <laughs> but I'm, just, um, I'm blessed. I'll be 49 Monday. And um, I'm grateful because in a world full of all wrong, you know, I'm just blessed to have life. And so I, no matter what's going on, Right, not that I can't say that things are going on, right? But I'm just trying to center gratefulness, I'm trying to center thankfulness, you know. And um, so I'm just blessed to be here, Jay. I want to thank you. I we do this, but I just got to say thank you for the continuation of uplifting and this platform and you know, utilizing your strength. You know, um, Jay turned her pain into her passion. And that's a model, you know, for all of us, you know, not to just lay down, not to just lay in defeat. You do have power. You know, you have to awaken to it, right? Because a lot of people don't understand their real power. Um, And so we come here every week because we want to let you know that there are folks who are wrongfully incarcerated. There are people who are suffering in prison for something they didn't do. And the onus of their freedom is not just on their back, it should be on ours as well. We all have a debt to pay to society. We have a debt to pay for showing up in this earth. And that's to fight for those who can't fight for themselves. And that would be those who are wrongfully incarcerated and they fight damn hard for themselves, but it's on us to fight alongside them and do what we can do. So I'm grateful that every week we can show up here and uplift and I wanna send a word of love to Carl Brunner Jr.'s family. Um, he is an exonerated. He was exonerated in, let's see, March the 6th. I'll never forget yeah. the day. March the 6th, 2020. Um, and he is the son of Vernel Vass. Uh, Vernel Vass is actually a board member uh, for Survivor Speak and a longtime friend. And uh, so we just wanna send love to the family on tonight. Um, We want to send an uplift and be there for them. Um, Jay has here posted the funeral arrangements. Visitation is on December the 6th. That's a Wednesday from 3 to 6. Um, The funeral is going to be December the 7th. Um, And you you see the address there at Triumph Church. There's a family hour from 12 to 1. And then the funeral is going to start right at 1 p.m. And we are looking to celebrate the life of Mr. Bruner. Um... I can't even imagine um, what Vernell is feeling. And it just kind of puts me back into even what Jay had to endure. These mothers that have fought so hard uh, to bring their sons home from this wicked system um, only for them to pass. And so, Prayers up to again for Nell Vaz, the Brunner family, the entire family, and continued prayers going up for you too as well, Jay. Um, with the loss of your son.
1: How long did he do?
4: Uh he did six years, and he took the um the took it up to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court told Kim Worthy, give him a new trial or let him go. Well, of course, we know Kim Worthy did. Gave him a new trial. And the ironic thing is that two videotapes were missing from the first trial. Two videotapes that to me, should that should have been enough to say, okay, because that's a Brady violation, right? Where you got evidence that is not given to the defense. And of course, in my opinion, Mr. Bruner was not celebrated the way that... Um, Re, the, the other exonerees have been celebrated when they come home. And, and I believe it's in part because that entire case was wrapped in misconduct, misconduct from the police, misconduct from the prosecutor's office to withhold the tape. And the, the ironic part is in that second trial, shout out to Lillian Diallo, because she busted tails in that trial. Um, but uh, Lillian Diallo impeached the officer right on the stand. She had a, a she. If she asked the lady if she had the videotapes, and the lady said, "No, no, no." Then she give her the 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 sheet and said, "Is that your signature?" Oh yeah. Oh, you signed for both videos. The video the video that would be facing the murder is missing, right? So this is the type of misconduct that we are talking about that happens within that prosecutor's office. And we need to really be standing up, not uplifting the misconduct that comes out of that office by uplifting Kim Worthy. We need to be uplifting the misconduct and holding them accountable.
1: Now, Trisha, this is what I'm talking about. That man did six years for a crime that he didn't commit. And post exoneration, he only lived three years. So, you know, they, how how could they ever compensate him, his family, you know, the tragedy that they put his family through, you know, all the pain and suffering, how could they ever compensate that man? Now he's, now he's gone.
4: They fought him so hard on the compensation. That's another thing. He never seen one
1: dime. You know what I'm saying?
4: He never seen one dime. He just kept fighting. And in my opinion, he was just tired. You know, that's why my heart goes out to you, brothers, because, you know, there's no way that they could ever repay. It's so crazy that they always want to fight about the money. You fighting about something that you could never really repay anyways. Anyway. How much you give somebody, it will never bring back their family members. It will never bring back the time that was lost. It will never bring that back.
1: And, and you know, I did thirty five. He did six and he didn't live. He didn't live six years outside, you know, post exoneration and probably not going to live 35 outside of my, you know, post exoneration. So there's there's no justice for anybody that's been wrongfully convicted and, you know, innocent of a crime. And this type of thing should not be going on in this country. Just because we are black, like the brother said, Kevin Haynes said, you know, it's equal protection under the law. These are the laws that they wrote. You know what I'm saying? And even though they, they didn't um, consider us human beings at the time of, of, of the Constitution and all of that stuff. You know, now, you you know, you, you made all these amendments to it and you're saying that we're human, but you're not treating us like we're human. Right. There's no equal protection protection under the law for us. And there's no justice for us. No. I
2: agree,
0: Dwayne. Oh, I had to take a deep breath, you guys. That's I I really feel for um Bernal, you know. Gerard uh, was home a year and he was in there two years. So I get I feel that. Um, and I'm just sending her love
4: um right now. I understand. Jenna, real quick interject, just really quick. If you mm-hmm. are would like to send the family um, any donations, please inbox myself or Jay and we can get that information to you. But we wanna wrap around this family as much as we can. Again, I told you this system done play with them and they ain't got no dollars for these crimes that they committed against this family. And so we wanna wrap around this family. We wanna make sure the repass is covered. We wanna make sure everything is covered. So we are trying to raise money to help the family. So please, um, if you all wanna send some love, um, just inbox myself or Jay and we can let you know how you can help.
1: Right. And please let his, his people know, let his parents and, and whoever who, his survivors are know that in those six years that his his health deteriorated uh, uh, substantially. You know, mm-hmm. prison is, you know, the old term we heard while we was kids growing up, watching TV, watching movies. Yeah, you're going to rot in prison. That's because the, the prison diet was used to be bread and water. And now it's, it's fake food. Food that's not even food. So we're rotten from the inside. So it's no telling how much his his health in those six years deteriorated. Um Eric, I like to eject
3: in that. You're right, Dwayne. Uh what they do now, I call them mummified meals. They have these meals in the boxes they give you. Now not now they say they only have to give you one hot meal a day. So a lot of the prisons done adopted to giving you these box meals. These box meals consist of bread. They consist of uh, you might have some meat or something in it. The crackers. It, it might have all this little, little stuff in it. But y'all, but 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 when you read the box, the box is supposed to be sustainable for 25 to 50 years. So now the only way you can sustain anything that long is with what sodium.
2: Hmm.
3: So therefore, I ate. I was eating that stuff. Ended up on metformin. This, that high blood pressure. But they kept the jails locked down. I don't. I don't eat. I don't eat. I wasn't even even eating meat. But this is the junk that they was, and you wasn't able to go to commissary to buy what you want. So this was the junk that they kept sliding into you, knowing that it's killing you, knowing that, like Dwayne says, rotting you away, rotting away your insides. And this is what they're giving. This is what they're giving you. So, like, in another five or ten years, when they really begin to let guys out, it's going to be a high thing, a high hypertension medication. It's going to be a lot of diabe- di- diabetics coming out out of there, and, and, and bad health because
1: of the meals that they are serving you in, in there. All, all I said this before, you know, all you got to do now, being that they don't serve no real food in there no, anymore. All you got to do now is eat the food and you're going to die. You're going to be sick and you're going
4: to die. Hypertension is, is one of what they said he, he had hypertension. So
0: Of course. Of course. My son suffered from severe Crohn's disease. And so all they was giving him was garbage food. He needed to have his infusions. They fought on that until I won and finally got his infusions. By then he had lost over 40 pounds, could barely walk. And so the diet, you're right, Dwayne and Kevin, the diet, the food that they give them is to it creates death.
1: You're right. Look, it's in death. That's what they deal in. We did a survey um
3: regarding the prison diet, right? In the survey regarding the prison diet, don't you know they said based off the prison diet? You are considered a senior citizen at the age 50. Google it. So they know it. They know they kill them. They know they kill it. At the age 50, I was a senior citizen. Mm-hmm. Strictly based off the prison diet, so they know what they're feeding you, the treatment, what they're feeding you, and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah
5: I think. Yeah. Um... I Hey there, hey there, my sister. Listen, I'm so glad to be with you guys tonight. And um, you know, my heart is heavy because uh, the mothers, the mothers are fighting to get their, get their sons back, get their daughters back, and not just back out of prison, get them back get them all the way back. And um, I, um, Jay, I just, you know, I've, I've been looking at Brinell um, and um, looking at how the mothers came together at every conference, you know, mm-hmm. and that they they were there, how the mothers were just in droves um, fighting speaking out trying to get people to hear the story to hear the truth and um and so when you know i need people i want people to understand that when they say that you know they're fighting for i want my son back no i mean totally like holy like healed like whole like understanding um and overstanding this system and, and and people don't understand that so when they when they look at the people who come on this podcast I want you to know that they overcame so many obstacles to to be able to stand here to be able to speak and to be able to continue on and to be able to help somebody else because that system attempts does its best to destroy purpose and direction and the path of god for people who enter in there this is this it is evil it is an evil system and to and to try to fix it It's not going to work because it's evil from the root. You know, you can't just cut this tree down. You got to get to the root of it and you got to dig around and pull up all of its root and you've got to put something down there so it doesn't grow back again. And so that's why we have to We gotta fight we've we've gotta not just fight, we've gotta stand for and accept and allow and know that we already won with immunity. So the officers don't have immunity. So that all these people who are in leadership don't have immunity anymore for the corrupt things that they're doing. Because the Mm -hmm. things that they do are putting innocent people behind bars. And no one is you know, I don't want to say no one because a lot of people are fighting and I, I will not take back that we won already. I'm believing that we're winning already. I'm going to say constantly and every day I say this, I get up and say, thank you, God, for causing us to triumph.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: So I'm here from the choice zone. <laughs> Trying try to make sure everybody <laughs> stays in purpose. <laughs> Uh, motivating, educating, and encouraging everybody I come across to access their own divine nature. You already win. You already win. Thank you for my brothers that are here because you guys have overstood and uh, knowing everything. We don't even know the half of what you've gone through. And I know some things you can't even say. But you're here, and you're still motivated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll say it all. Thank you, thank you. But I'll say it all. Ask me, and I'm gonna tell you. I I don't go by the, that that code that they have. You know, I wasn't supposed to be there, so I, I'm not up under that code where you know what happens in prison stays in prison. I ain't under that code. Cool. Tell all. I'm so glad,
5: so glad the way. Yes. And then Trisha, thank you for Survivor Speak, because they got to keep speaking. They got to be heard. They're going through. And and this is what, how many years now? 20? What are we on for Survivor Mm -hmm.
2: Speak?
5: I added it up one one day and I forgot. How many years?
4: It's five years this year. Five,
5: Five years this year. Now I got a little longer, uh, um, that you've been out there, um, doing this a little longer than five years, <laughs> well, you
4: know, I, I was doing the wrongful conviction work before Survivor Speak. Yes, so yes, yes. It kind of just led me into it a little bit deeper, you know. And God said, mm-hmm. "Get out there, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Thank you,
5: thank you, thank you, thank you, for you. Me.
0: So last yes. but not least, I saved mm-hmm. it. <laughs> So nobody won't have to come behind. Him. Here we go. Green is <laughs> the turning back.
6: Okay. Well, look, God, God blessed all y'all. But you know, you know, it's such a deep, deep spiritual discussion's been going on. I, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about foregoing it tonight, y'all. I mean, we done.
4: Ah, oh, you can't forego <laughs> <tomorrow, laughs> it. We done,
6: well, well, now. Well, now I must respond to my public. It's so, so, so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, because it, it's so deep, you know, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm shedding tears here because mm-hmm. I just came back from Egler Correctional Facility. Okay. In Jackson. All right. Visiting a dear friend that I did time with uh, man it should have been out years ago, years ago. And one thing that I want to say: praise God for this platform because it's not just about the wrongfully convicted. We are a group horrendously done wrong ourselves. But there are people that are overly convicted. There are mm-hmm. people that are doing doing time for crimes that they did not commit. Okay, not that crime. They might have did something, but not that crime. They are victims also. Okay, they are victims also. So when I look at at, at, at my friend, you know, uh, a person was was abusing his mother, you know, uh, his stepfather was was abusing his mother and got to the point he, he couldn't take it anymore. You know, men will protect their mothers, young boys. I don't care. A, a, a four-year-old boy will protect his mother. You understand? And so it got to the point where he couldn't take it no more. Okay. Altercation came about and He shot the man and and killed him. Okay, so, you know, society can say, well, you should have did this and that, whatever. The point is, this man is doing first degree premeditated murder. In the state of Michigan, that's without parole. You have no chance of parole, all right? In the state of Michigan, first degree premeditated murder. What that situation was at best might've been a manslaughter, you know, or or, or at the outside, maybe a second degree, but first degree, first degree. So, but in, in any event, in any event, I got there and was visiting him and seeing him in the same prison clothes I wore. In the same pee smelling interview room that I that I've been in a million times. Seeing that man and them people having substandard food as I ate a million times. OK, having that man coming in, they said, oh, well, let me get his ID and stuff like that. going through that bullshit count. You know, uh, uh, five, six uh, times a day, and see, you you actually got to be in there to understand what I'm talking about. I mean, I mean, I mean to to, to live what I'm talking about. I know people don't understand, but to live what I'm talking about, these people will gather you up like cattle. You hear me, cattle, and herd you into a pen. With me, it was a cell. Okay, you know, you know, for count time. You know, to be sure I'm there. So I'm relegated to to like a ox. You might just say an ox. You know, in a in a in a pen, and that's what they do several times a day. And the thing of it is, is fighting being conditioned to do that. You know, I was I was in prison so long with people count time that they, they wouldn't even need to count. They automatically go back to their <laughs> cells. You know, that's the kind of mojo the Department of Corrections will run on you. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm cheerful because I'm listening to people that have come out. And have passed away. I'm tearful because I see my brothers here that either didn't deserve no time at all or didn't deserve the time they did. Both victims, both victims, okay, you know, or myself serving a sentence I did not deserve. But see, and then I hear Jay Love say the truth that some people never get out. They 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 never they never get out. And the only thing that I can take comfort in, the children of Israel. 450 years in slavery. Okay. They had like 40 generations of them people. They was conceived in slavery. They was born in slavery. They lived in slavery and they died in slavery. They never saw the promise. They never, they never was free. The only lives they knew was as slaves, but that's where my belief in higher power for me is God and Jesus Christ. Know that their death is not in vain. And the suffering of these men right here, y'all is not in vain because your spirits are here. They didn't kill you. <laughs> they 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 did not kill you, you know. And so in J-Love, you know, you know, you know, your son, his 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 suffering is not in vain, J-Love. It's not in vain. And and Reverend T and the rest of y'all and then, you know, Trishay. So I want to I want to say that. And I also want to say I'm proud to be here. I understand what it's like to uh serve a sentence you did not deserve I understand what it's like to come back from nothing to the grace of god to try to be here so i'm i'm here i'm here for the duration you know as long as the lord keep giving me breath and strength I'm, I'm gonna be in there swinging for the fences you know and uh i'm i'm no longer afraid of the judges as a young lawyer i was subject to being intimidated i'm no longer afraid i'm damn near 70 years old you understand so so what y'all gonna do to me i mean what y'all gonna do to me you know, uh, you know what? Disbar me, y'all didn't try that already. God didn't let that happen. So so, 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 so you know, so so there we are. So I'm proud to be here. If y'all insist, I will. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, y'all. Uh, Ernie Mac. Y- yes. You have, yes. You have a, a very unique experience, and they don't understand. They, they can they can hear us. They could you know, kind of like try to understand, but they can't understand, like you said, unless they lived it. That's right. And <clears throat> that experience, you know, it, it not only affects us, it affects our family, you know, to the point where like, you know, I'm out here now and I have people close to me that are waiting, literally waiting for me to show a crazy side. Because I must, I must be crazy to have done that much time. That's right. That's right. The man speaks the
6: truth. I mean, you know, I had a tremendous adjustment. My family had to help me and work with me with, with mental health issues, strictly mental health issues. It wasn't, it wasn't the freedom, it, the, the physical freedom, it was the mental uh imprisonment still that I had to break out of that chain thing. And uh, you know, so You know, but, but, you know, you know, you know, thank God. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't lose my mind. Thank God. Thank God, you know, and because I'm going to tell you this right now, the, 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 two men that's on this, on the screen right now, if the spirit was in you, there is always retaliation and retribution. Okay. If that spirit was in you. Okay. But that spirit is not in me and it's not in you. So people, you know, they, they need to not take for granted doing people wrong, see, and, and thinking it's okay because the court and the police is in on it. You know, see, some people don't have that attitude. Some people say, well, they did me this way. I lost my mom and my daddy. I'm gonna be sure somebody else who's a mom and their daddy. I mean that can happen. That can happen, you know, so I, I pray it, it it never does, but but yeah, so yeah, but uh but now now that I've said that uh here we go. Do your thing. If you find yourself on Trouble Boulevard, push, pull, toe, drag that hoopity to Mack Street. Mack Street, park in my virtual underground garage. And y'all have been misreading the sign. It does not say free valet parking. It says free alley parking. So that's what I want y'all to understand to do that. And then when you at Mack Street, call the Freedom Line, 734-239-3118. The Freedom Line, 734 239 The Freedom Line, 734 239 Because I want y'all to understand something. HMACLAW.com is your hookup. HMACLAW.com is your hookup. HMACLAW.com is your hookup. Now, J-Love, in order to give Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea opportunity to write this important information down, every hero needs a theme song. So, for a while, if you excuse me, while I play my theme song, Return of the Mac, and do the Boogaloo. (laughs) And now, for the crowd, one of our newest dancers, the (laughs) Janice. And no show would be performed without the completion of my co-workers, Reverend Tia, and then Tia, Tia Little John, and and my sister from Survivor Speaks, from Pulp Fiction, the Batman. Thank you very much. Now, Jay love <laughs> I want to let you know something, J-Love. I know the people out there trying to call you and talk to you, you know, put letters all on the woman car, email the woman, you know, stop the woman on the street, say, you need to get that crazy lawyer off of there. You know what I'm saying? See, (laughs) J. Love, and see, and see the thing of it is, J. Love, you know, I I know who them people are. One of them had a nerve to try to confront me the other day, you know, and so I just want to let let you know, I look at them people the way my late cousin Bernie Mac look at them, and my message to all the haters, I ain't scared of none of y'all. I ain't scared of none of y'all. So I, I want them to understand that. And, you know, Jay Love, the part of the thing of it is, you know, I'm just dealing with all the backstabbers in Washington County, you know, coming up smiling in <laughs> my face all the time wanting to take my place. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and some of my so-called friends keep coming to my house again and again and again. Jay Love, I don't even be home and they keep coming by. You know what I'm saying? Now, my question is, what them and my woman got to talk about in private? See, 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 J, 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 Love. Lo, I'm trying to tell y'all, I'm trying to stay on the right track. I just wish they take some of these damn knives out of my back, J Love. This, mm-hmm. this is what I'm saying. But you know, J Love, I want to let you know, should you ever get to the point of wanting to kick me off the show, I just have to plead the word of Morris Dan the time. Ain't nothing worse than rejection, J Love. Rather mm-hmm. than kick me off the show, I feel a little better if you just slap my face. So, you know, J-Love, the truth of the matter is I've been in this program too long, like the late, great Otis Redding. I've been loving y'all too long to stop now. J-Love, please don't make me stop now, J-Love. Please don't make me stop now. Okay, and J-Love, and finally, I want you and everybody else to know that when people ask you, J-Love, does that man really mean what he's saying? Does that man really, really mean what he's saying? Because he sounds crazy to me. I've got (laughs) to answer for y'all. You're damn right I mean it. You're damn right see C.J. Love, I want you to know that this announcement has been endorsed and published, edited by me, Dr. Hugo J. Mac Esquire, the one true king, the true king of Russia, Scotland, and Lower Harlem. I love you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Attorney Mac. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So now we can bring up. <laughs> You have liked the moment, Attorney Back, because it was, it was deep. It, it was deep. deep. Yeah, it was, it was yes. deep. Yes. Yeah, thank no, you for that.
5: No, thank so you. So
0: tonight, we, we're we going to have a therapy session. Uh, so I want everyone just to relax, and we're going to take some cleansing deep breaths. And we're going to bring on Dr. Sherry Richardson. She is as an experienced, licensed mental health professional who has extensive experience with working with individuals and families experiencing issues related to acute and chronic life stressors. And she's also the sister of Kevin Hayes. So So welcome again to uh, turning a moment into a movement. Dr. Richardson, hey, welcome. Hey everyone.
7: (laughs) Uh, Thank you for having me here again, Jay. I I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, to, you know, what she was saying, look, we all go through stress. We all go through trauma and there's nothing more traumatic than being incarcerated. There's nothing more traumatic than, you know, being a family member of someone who is incarcerated Um, and having to go through that time. Because I always say that you're not the only person that's doing the time. You know, everyone in your family is doing that time with you. So I work with, so as, you know, Jay Love said, I have my own psychotherapy practice. It's called FRESH, and it's an acronym for Fostering Resilience, Empowerment, Success, and Hope. And I initially created it because in mind, with kids who were in foster care, which they all have suffered some form of trauma. But as I began to take on clients from places like Brooklyn Defenders and another organization called Rebuild that works with people who either have cases pending in the criminal justice system or for people who are recently released from incarceration, the meaning of that began to shift and evolve and change because again, it's not just about people—you know, young people who have experienced trauma. Many of the people that end up in the criminal justice system have experienced some form of trauma before they ever get to the criminal justice system that is never addressed. And so by the time they get there, then it's kind of like all bets are off. And the criminal justice system and the penal system is not designed to dress to address any of that or deal with it. It's more punitive than it is restorative. So Those are two things that, you know, I definitely want to highlight in this. But in terms of, well, what do we do about that? So one thing that we can do is what we're doing right here and right now, which is talking about it. You can't operate in a silo and think that these problems are just going to miraculously go away. You have to talk about it. You have to shed light on it. And one of the things that I encounter so much in the work that I do is that, You know, people of color in particular, we don't want to talk about our problems. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always listen, just push on, get over it and push on, get over it and move on. No, we are not getting over it and moving on. We're moving on, but we're punishing ourselves. We're doing irreparable damage to ourselves because we're not taking the time that we need to sit and process and deal with our feelings. So, that actually leads me to the first thing in terms of healing and really starting to look at addressing these problems, which is you have to check in with yourself. You have to be ready and able to deal with those feelings, which starts with being able to identify them because we're not always angry. We're not always angry, but we tend to come across as being angry. Much of the time, we're disappointed. Much of the time we're frustrated, but we're not using those words. We're not, and our behaviors are not reflecting that we're disappointed. So it's, you have to bring life to what it is that you're feeling. You have to be able to really start to talk about process, deal with, and confront what it is that you're feeling, what you're going through, and be able to talk to other people about that. You know, you can't hide it. You can't hold on to it. You can't try to push it away and keep going like we're not we're not robots we're not robots we are human which means that we are fallible and we are entitled to process and deal with our emotions so that's the first thing you got to talk about it and you have to be open to just identifying what it is that you're feeling and what it is that you're going through the second thing that you need to do is is practice self care and mm-hmm. what does that look like? Because again, that's something else that we're not good at. So practicing self-care is, is relatively simple. So eating right, exercising, you know, making sure that you know you are getting a good night's sleep, talking, you know, listening to music, doing things that you enjoy. Okay? And yes, we all have busy schedules, but you have to find time for you. because if you're not prioritizing yourself, and what it is that you need, then listen, you can be the best advocate out there and still be miserable, still not feel Mm -hmm. fulfilled because you're not doing anything for yourself. Okay. Um, You know, advocating for other people and even advocating for yourself is hard work. It's draining. It's, It's, you know, it can be, you know, overwhelming at times, particularly when you're running up against obstacles and roadblocks, but What it is, is that you got to take that time. You have to be able to recharge your battery and take that time that you need for you so that when you come back to the table, you can come back to the table ready to go, ready to do whatever it is that you need to do to advocate. But again, you have to take care of yourself. And it starts with the simple things. Okay. The other thing, the other thing that we tend not to do sometimes is we're not patient with ourselves.
2: Mm -hmm.
7: You know, we we expect that we're going to be on somewhere between 8 and 10 all the time. And that's not realistic, nor is it sustainable. So it's you really, truly have to start to be patient with yourself. One in terms of if you've suffered from any trauma and it because, again, trauma comes back. So if you suffer from any trauma and you feel that it's coming back, okay, you know what? You got to take a step back. You know, try not to avoid it. Try to confront it. Try to deal with those feelings in the moment. Because again, trying to suppress them or repress them isn't helping you. Exposure to long-term stress and not dealing with it has physical health implications. There are many research studies that support this. So again, so it's really a thing of making sure that you are taking that time to really deal with what you're feeling. Talk to a loved one, speak to a friend, you know, try not to engage in, you know, self-destructive behaviors such as, you know, using drugs, drinking alcohol or, you know, engaging in other risky behaviors. All right. So, So those are some things that you really want to move away from. Some of the healthier coping strategies you want to embrace is, exercising, like I said, talking about the problem, eating well, if you need professional help, hey, I'm here and I see people all over the country, believe it or not, even though I'm based in New York, I see people all over the country, all right, so, you know, that's something, so, you know, seek professional help if you need it, try to engage in relaxation techniques like meditation, okay, Um, you know, deep breathing, things of that nature, also, social support. So it could be either in the form of a support group or you know, even if you're just having something like a weekly discussion group or book club, some, something that is going to help you develop and practice better coping strategies, you have to have that support. Because again, nobody gets better and nobody truly heals without the help of someone else. hmm You you can't do this alone, no matter how strong you think you are. None of us can do this alone. And that's reflected here with everyone that's here tonight, is that we're all here in support of one another, in support of all that it is that we're trying to do to help one another get through this and be able to try and live as fulfilling a life as you can. All right. So so that's something else to really take advantage of. Use those social supports. And if you don't have one, create one. You know, don't be afraid to create one if you need to. You know, because, again, sometimes out of tragedy and loss can come some very informative and, and, and life changing things. And that's what this is that we're doing here tonight. hmm. The other thing is, is that not everybody has good problem solving techniques. So it's start thinking about what you're doing, because, again, one of the big pieces here is, is that if you're not treating yourself well, no one else is going to treat you well either. Mm
2: -hmm.
7: And, And that starts with being able to develop coping strategies when there's a problem. So it's if you tend to, you know, lash out when there's a problem. You might want to stop and think about well, you know what? Is this is my reaction to this problem really about the problem, or is it about something else? Because again, when you're traumatized and when you suffer from any form of trauma, anything can trigger it. You know, even a smell could trigger the reaction. And before you know it, you're lashing out at someone. So it's, you know, thinking about like is my reaction really about the situation that I'm dealing with right now and that's in front of me or is it about a larger issue and that there's something within this smaller issue that's triggering my reaction mm-hmm. so becoming more mindful and more in touch with your own feelings so that that leads me back to the check in you should be checking in with yourself on a daily basis it's how am i feeling What's going on with me today? You know, what is it that I have, you know, to look forward to in terms of tasks, responsibilities, obligations? Is this going to be a busy day? You know, if it's going to be a busy day, you might anticipate possibly feeling a little bit overwhelmed at some point. So it's about thinking about how you're feeling and thinking about, like, what's in front of you for the day. You know, if you're doing the scan at the end of the day, well, how did you do for the day? You know, how are you feeling? Are you feeling productive? Are you feeling fulfilled? Are you feeling like, hey, you know what? I can take on the world. Or are you feeling like the world is taking you on? Okay, Mm -hmm. so so it's it's like really doing that check-in and making sure that you're okay. So, you know, if you're the kind of person that's always looking out for everybody else and checking in with everybody else to see how they're doing, you need to do the same for yourself
0: absolutely you know because you can't give anybody you can't give someone something that you don't have to give so if you're constantly giving 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 eventually you're going to give out (laughs) so how can you help somebody else you know if you're not taking care of yourself
7: right one of my favorite analogies is, is you can't keep drawing from the well and not expect the well to run dry mm-hmm. because if you're not putting anything back in the well, eventually it is going to run dry. Right. So, so, yeah, so you definitely have to start to kind of tap into yourself a little bit more. But again, you know, a lot of this can be overwhelming for everyone. And the thing about, you know, loss, because whether it's, you've actually lost a loved one because they've passed on or whether or not you've lost time. Both are wrapped in the cloak of grief. So I don't want anyone to mistake those two things as being separate. They're all part of the same thing because you're either grieving for the loss of a loved one or you're grieving for the loss of time. You're grieving for the loss of how much time that you lost with your family Your family is grieving for how much time they lost with you. And if if you're in the unfortunate circumstance of then that loved one having passed on, then you're also grieving for that as well. And these are also all things that then you have to think about. Because when you are, you know, incarcerated and you're losing loved ones, you don't have the opportunity to grieve the way in which people on the outside get to grieve. Your your grief looks a whole lot different. All right. Cause you got to hold a lot of that in, right? So it's, you know, that tends to start to eat at you after a while, the longer that you're there. And especially if you have a lot of people that are passing away while you're incarcerated, because again, you can't grieve the way that I would grieve or you know, Jay Love would grieve. You're on the inside. That grief, that grief is on the inside. So it's you know, when you do come out, it's and you see how much things have changed. That too, is you're grieving for that because you've missed out on a, a lifetime of living. And the one point that you know Dwayne Brooks and 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 my brother made was that you know what? Yeah. Listen, there's no amount of money that can compensate for the time that has been lost because you can always get money back. You can never get time back. Once okay. that time is gone, it's gone. And that and that's the source of a lot of the grief because it's you can't get that time back. Right. right. There's a lot of memories that are not going to happen now because of the time that's been lost. There's a lot of things that's not going to happen because of the time that's going to be lost. There's a lot of conversations that are never going to be had because of the time that was lost. There's a lot of unanswered questions and closure that you're never going to have because that time was lost. So, again, it's, it's what do you do about that? It's you have to acknowledge that. You have to acknowledge it and start to come up with ways to deal with that, to confront it. Because, again, you can't continue walking through life, you know, with the with the attitude of, oh, well, you know what? What's past is past. What's past is past, but it's also part of your present. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to define you. But if you don't deal with it, it will define you. So I guess in closing, one of the things that, that one of the last things that you can really do for yourself is, you know, be kind and compassionate to yourself. Really think about what is it that you're doing? Like, or is what you're doing really reflecting who you are? Is it really reflecting who you want to be? Is it, you know, making you a better person? Is it making you? Feel like, okay, you know what? This happened to me, but I'm not letting this define me. Mm
2: -hmm.
7: Or I'm not letting this define me in in a negative way. You know what? If anything, hey, you know what? Maybe I got to reinvent myself. It just depends. So, So attitude is everything with, you know, how well you do and how well you don't. One of the other things I tell people in consultation appointments is, you know, therapy isn't meant to be a cure-all. But at the end of the day, you get out of therapy what you put into it. So if you don't put in the work and you don't invest in yourself, trust me, you won't get much out of therapy. Mm
2: -hmm.
7: So you have to make that investment in yourself before you can start investing in other people and in other things and then you have to continue doing it as you are investing in other people and other things because if you don't then before long you will start to feel the effects and the impact of everything that you've gone through. Dwayne, you you want to say something? Yes come in here, please.
1: Yes indeed. Listen um on on what you said about the grieving you know, um, while I was in prison, what, what, what people don't understand is that, you know, I was still alive. And I noticed that people, it seemed to me, was acting like or or behaving like I was dead. You know, I lost so many people. You know, um, my first cousin, Pun, he, he got killed at, in an accident at work. And nobody reached out to me and said, yo, how you doing? Damn, I, you know, I know you and, you and Pun was close. Nothing. Then, you know, my Aunt Joan died. And as close as me and her were, nobody said, are you okay? Um, I know, you know, that was your aunt and nothing. Um, so like you're saying, like we, we grieve differently. And at first, I kept everybody that died. I kept saying, "Okay, well, they don't understand, you know that, you know I'm I'm grieving too."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and this went on and on up until my brother died. And when he died, and then nobody say, you know, Dwayne, um, damn, I know how, how are you? You 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 all right? You hanging in there? What's, no, what's good with you? Nothing. Not one sympathy call, none of that stuff that people do with each other out here. And at that point it made me kind of bitter because that at that point that was the closest loss that I had. My brother, my big brother, Ray Ray. And I said, "Man, these mother f- don't care about me." My, my own relatives. So and this went on and on and on and on. My grandparents, my, my other aunts and uncles and, you know, other cousins and on and on and on. Friends. Not one time did anybody reach out to me. Not a, a, a not a postcard. Fifteen cent, forty five cent, whatever they cost. Not not even that. And now I'm back out here and. You know, I love all. I love my people. I love them. You know what I'm saying? I, I you know, I'm gonna always love them. Um, but they don't understand that I see them for who they are. They don't understand that I see. I learned to accept that people. Well, I'll say it like this: I learned to accept people for who they are, and I learned to accept. When people show me how they feel about me, I learned to accept. it. So now, you know, it's like, I love you. I love you. And I'm hearing this, you know, from a thousand different people that for the whole 35 years, you couldn't even say, well, you know, how's Wayne doing? Does he need anything? Give him my number. Make sure he has my number. Not even that. So now I'm looking at these people and I love them and I'm in my mind. I'm wondering, like, how do they think I'm supposed to feel about them?
7: You know, the interesting thing about that is, you know, people sometimes or family members will sometimes, you know, think that, oh, well, you know what, Um, he's incarcerated. He, you know, let's not bother him about, you know, this one passing on, or let's not bother him about, you know, that one being in the hospital, or let's not say anything to him because, you know what? What can he do about it? He's locked up. So at the end of the day, it's people tend to be very dismissive about the fact that, yeah, okay, I might be incarcerated, but I still want to know what's going on with my family because for many people who are incarcerated, that's all they got in terms of, hey, that's their last connection with the outside world, their family. So now if their family isn't keeping, keeping in touch and telling them what's happening, then that's like the last vestige of connection that you have with the outside world. And that's what tends to shut people down. So in your effort to help by not saying anything, you're really not helping because it's, you know, I mean, for, for, for the person that posted that, you know, said that, you know, that, that they had to find out that their father died from somebody in the child hall. I mean, like, really? <laughs> like, how is that person supposed to feel? And that's one of the other pieces that doesn't get discussed very often, which is that, you know, yes, they do deserve to know. Is that at the end of the day, regardless of whether you're locked up or, or not. You are still a human being. You still have feelings. You know, you still have things that you that you want to know. You're still a person. And and there's so much about being in prison that, you know, tends to devalue you and really have you questioning your value, yourself, your sense of worth, you know, your sense of confidence and even who you are. So when you start losing those pieces of people reaching out And people letting, you know, letting you know, like what's happening and them talking to you as if, hey, you know what, like you're home. Again, that that little small gesture can go a long way for somebody who is essentially isolated. Mm -hmm. Because you can't trust anybody around you. For all intents and purposes, you don't know who these people are. You don't know what their intentions are. That's, it's kind of, and, and listen, and the people you know out in the street are not the people that you end up being incarcerated with. They not the same people once they're incarcerated.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, but but you didn't address you didn't address what I said though. I mean, the, everything you said is true, but you didn't address what I said. I'm not. I, I had that same thing go on where you know people decided made decisions like we don't want to tell them this that and the third. But I'm talking about like this is stuff that you know I knew. And this is stuff that you know, um, I went through. Where I'm saying, like, you didn't even reach out to say, "Hey, man, I love you." Hang in there. Yeah. Yeah, and but and now, you know what the I, way. But now that There's I'm out, no... it's, it's you know smiling faces, and I love you. Uh, you know, and you know, even tears.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
5: Yeah, and you know yeah, what, Dwayne, you know, there's many. no there's no excuse. There, there, there's no there's no excuse. There's no way to fix that. Okay. There's no way to sugarcoat it, dress it up, put lights on it, nothing. There's no way to fix that. This because you never know what's going through the psyche of the of the people in the family and all of that. And um I remember when my brother was doing time and I got my children and my, my um because I had to go see my brother. And 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 my family was like, you're taking, and so I, I've got three. And I've got a set of twins and the baby girl. And my baby girl was in a diaper. And that's how little. I think she was like not one, maybe she was walking. And so, you know, and having to go through and and have her diaper checked and just to go through all everything just to see him and the boys that they're getting padded down to make sure they don't have anything just to go visit. and um but I was determined to see my brother. and so, and I was determined for him to see and be connected with my children. And so, but but other family members and i'm and I'm be honest with what goes through some of the the mentality out here and this is for people who are watching too, because I have heard this said before well he's he's good, he's got a place to sleep, he's got food he's got health care, you know, and that's what people say, yes, they do they do say that and and they don't realize and it's so contradictory, but then you You see what is going on. You see the fight that's out here. You see the the written material that says what's going on in the prisons and and everything. And yet they still want to hold on to that. That's their perception. They want to hold on to it because that helps them feel good. That helps them feel good. And, And in reality, in reality, because when I look at you and I look at Kevin and many others, you had that quiet time That alone time to see the truth. And truth ascends, it transcends the illusions of this world. So what is happening is you see truth right now. You see what is real right now. You know what is real right now. You know who is real right now. And that truth ascends so you can see some of the people and yeah, they may be crying and yeah, I love you. I love you. And what you're realizing is that love is transitory. Mm
2: -hmm.
5: It changes according to the person's perception And, and, and it changes so that sometimes they feel good and they, they attempt to make you feel good in that moment. But you understand your truth about what love is. And you are able now to see love for what it is, for real, for real, for what it is for you, for real. And so you can, yes, you can you can look at, at the family members and yes, you can love them. But you know love at a whole different level. And, mm-hmm. and many people are right there. They, 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 and I like how Sandra said, "Love is caring." Yes, because love is an action word. I tell people all the time. People will say, "I love you," "I love you," "I love you." Okay. Well, love is an action word. I'm mm-hmm. looking at what you do. I don't look at what you say. I look at what you do. I hear what you do.
1: And people need to know that. I see what
5: you say. That's what I hear. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually hearing you're doing.
1: <laughs> so, people so they need to know that they know they need to stop overusing that word because like you said, said, it's an action word and obligations come with that. If you say you love someone, you obligated to that person. If you you truly love them.
5: If you love them. But a lot of people don't know that. And so, you know what I had to surrender is I had to surrender the need to control other people. Mm -hmm. And I had to surrender (laughs) and, and realize that sometimes they may or may not get that in this lifetime. But praise God that I do. Praise God that you do. You know, because we, we don't have the control. We can't make people do anything that we want them to do. We have to give that up. Surrender it. The only person you got control over is you. And how you respond in the face of that how do you respond and so you can still be you 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 don't have to say it's fake because they don't know it's fake you know what I'm saying they don't know it's transitory they don't realize it Um, you can shed some light because somebody else may you know uh, I'm dealing with a couple of issues in my own family you know where I may have to go do some visitation soon and make sure they're okay but maybe you can shed light. If that happens, you may want to see about.
3: It. It's well, hard.
5: It's it's not it's not easy in there, you know. Kevin.
3: Well, I don't wholeheartedly agree with that uh, 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 um, synopsis, synopsis regarding they don't know. They know. They just don't give a damn. Um, <laughs>
5: I was being
3: nice, Kevin. I, mean, I was being nice. No, I mean, I mean, you get that's an out that form. It's a different kind. They just don't give a damn. I mean, Man. the same way they would, they wouldn't put themselves in your position and said they wouldn't want to be in that position. So therefore, if you know that, and you know a guy's doing thirty-five years, twenty or years in prison, then you know, send him a letter. Send him. I mean, I yeah. mean, if you can't send him a book, I mean, we do a lot of reading in here. I mean, I mean, I mean, show show some form of of, of acknowledgement of him. I get what you're saying, Dwayne. Yeah, they. It's no different kind of. I don't believe that there's any different kind of love. They just don't give a damn. I don't. I don't particularly care for dealing with no one who wasn't dealing with me while I was in prison. I don't get caught That's up right. on that. That's Shari, my support system, especially since I've been home. God, because she's a little girl now, but God bless her. <laughs> that's my baby. But I, 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 but, and I have kids and other little family members along the way, but anybody else can go to hell. I mean, that's what they sent me. I mean, it just completely and totally forgot about me. And I have yes, done boy. nice things. I have you bought different have things. Me. And they just, it's, it, you know, it's just like out of sight. It's out of mind. And my whole thing is I hold everybody to the same standard. If I live in New York, there's a subway system. If you ain't jumping down in front of a subway car, if you're not running out in front of ongoing traffic on the highway, if you if you can get up, if you know when you're hungry, you know when you use the bathroom, when to use the bathroom, and how to put your clothes on, then you got damn good sense. You are you are more than coherent to uh, uh to 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 to, to, uh, to distinguish between right and wrong. And, that, and, 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 and that's my skill. I mean, we have we have, a lot of us has became animals. We have really became animals when it comes to how we do desensitize ourselves, and this go back into what Sherry uh, is addressing. And what happens is is it, it this is something it, that was something that was caused and perpetuated by slavery. How the master used to take away. The um the, the daughter or the son and tear away the families. So that th- this is genetics. This is that same type of trauma that has been embedded after century after century, year in and year out, that's in us to just Facts. shut off that system. Facts. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, of, of caring and loving and want to fight and support for your family. So this so this is a whole lot deeper. Then just um um the other family some crap this and that. but yeah they it, it this this is something this is genetic, and, and, and we and we need to begin to really start stressing this, highlighting this, and and, mm-hmm. and, and try to reverse this genetic thing where where I can watch you suffer, and just and, 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 and just disregard it. Um, when, that's people, walk, that's when people That's good, walk, Kevin. Because that's true. That's true. When people talk to me, I've been to 10 different jails throughout the federal system. I have been woof. In, in the feds, they don't just uh, uh, move you upstate, downstate. If you do something wrong, they'll send you to the other side of the country or this, that and other thing. Me and that jet is the best of friends. Let me tell you, I've been on that plane and most of my stuff has been for sticking up, rev- trying to revolutionize to do different things within the prison to, for better conditions uh, and, and stuff like that. So I usually get kicked out of everywhere I went, I, but I'm cool with that. I mean, it's prison. I mean, so one day they kicked me out and sent me home and they did. Uh, but what I'm saying is, we have it's a lot of reconditioning. Mm-hmm.
2: That,
3: you know, but another mm-hmm. thing I want to address, y'all talking about the holidays and this that, and other thing, is these rats. And when I say rats, I'm talking about people who cooperate with the state, or cooperate with the government, they don't understand, and they don't give a damn, but they don't understand what they are doing. A lot of these guys and girls... Hey, if your partner drinking, is being
4: secretive with their phone, you need to do there, this now.
3: ...is out there drinking the same wine and alcohol, fooling around with the same guys the girls, or fancy cars, this, that, and the other thing, and when they get caught, they want to tell. This is what, when you get caught, that's what makes that other half of that life a whole. So... This is all a part of that. But when they get caught, what they do is they cooperate and cooperate snitch. And they don't realize and they don't give a damn. This is why guys try to beat them up. Because I, ne- I, I never understood it. I never understood why, the, you know, until I went to prison. And after I got into my my 10th year, I really understood it. This is why guys try to beat them up. And this is why guys tried to kill them. Because I've watched... Sherry get married, graduated from high school, um, got married, had a had a kid, I'm in prison. My daughter graduated all the way up to college, got her master's, got married, four kids, I'm in prison. All my kids done grew up, I'm in prison. Um my mother, I get home, my mother died, I, other other than Sherry and a few other family members, I came home to apps. Absolutely nothing. I'm um, I mean, currently in a, uh, in, a, um, in a in a in a in a inheritance war with one of my for another one of my sisters. It's crazy. So what I'm saying, so 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 what I'm saying is, all the, that cooperation and they ruined God's lives. It really ruined God's lives. And then like even the Dwayne case, regardless of whether you did it or not, even in Dwayne case, well he didn't do it. He had a rat on in his case. The guy knew he was telling on an innocent man. He knew he was making everything up. However, the governor did too, and they still used him and put them and tried to kill him. He tried to kill him. They gave the man the death penalty. He technically he's supposed to be dead. But once right. He I mean that the magnify the, the, the magnifying that is. It's it, it, when, when you think about it, he tells a story about you're supposed to be dead, and all this is because someone someone just want a time cut. Uh, 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 it's it, 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 and all this is like it, it really plays with your psyche. So, after that, after like my 10th year in it, man, I could, I could, and everybody's dying around you, but like, yo. This is why got, prison is hard on, on on tattletales, snitches, and rats, and I hope they continue to be hard on. But like I was saying, you know, like i was saying, that's another form of psychological trauma. But it's genetic. It's genetic. When, when you could just shut someone off like that, that comes from slavery. That comes from slavery. We gotta, we gotta. I agree.
0: It. I agree with you, Kevin. It's yeah. programming. It's in, it's in our DNA. I mean, as a mother. I couldn't even imagine not being there for my son. Mm-hmm. This is my son. Somebody lied on him. I'm not going to not be there for him. His father died. They found, they found his father dead the day he was sentenced. I had to tell him that. You know, the day he was sentenced when he finally called me once we got home, I had to tell him about his father. You you know what I'm saying? When somebody lied on him to put him in this place, and then his father dies. Mm -hmm. And then you have family members and friends and people who know you who will question you about your kid, how Mm -hmm. you know he didn't do it, why, you know, people just don't go to prison. These are things that people say. You just don't go to prison for things they don't do. They Mm -hmm. had to do something. Like, are you kidding me? And so I had to let all of that go because I had to maintain my son because I knew he was sick. You know, and then he's dealing with his dad's dying. And then I'm trying to get him medical care. And as soon as he get there, they lose his medical records though air quotes his medical records and so because they didn't want to give him that expensive medicine every injection was four thousand dollars from my insurance so all these things that was going on i had to you know maintain like when we talk we're having a normal conversation so he can still be a part of the family so he can have his sanity and so when I, you know, when people when I say, hey, let's write some letters or let's do this. And you know, you're too busy to write a letter. You're too right, busy right, right. to, you know, send them something. You're too busy to JPEG, you know, whatever. You're too busy. But somebody stole your person who could be you, who could easily been you. Their freedom, because that's literally what they're doing there are still your freedom based off of crap because all they're caring about is their career. Mm -hmm. So Mm
2: -hmm.
0: when we saying that I had to get my, I had to step outside of those feelings to find the strength and the peace to support him, no matter Mm -hmm. who didn't do it, no matter who didn't say nothing i had to be there for my kid until he came home i was trying always talking to him just like he was here what the kids are doing what you're doing and even though i can hear in his voice you know and even when i went to see him even at times when he said ma don't come see me i don't i don't want you to come see me because I, he didn't want me to see what was going on in him and his facials and whatever so We, as people, first of all, we have to do better by our people. Yeah. We have to do better by our people. We can't out of sight, out of mind. We got to throw that away because that's literally what it is. They're not here. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell them what's going on. You got to hear from somebody else that you don't even know. You know, no, we got to do better. How do you expect for someone else to treat you better? to treat us yeah. better as a society when we're not even treating each other better. Mm-hmm. So I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying, Dwayne. How do you get through that? How do you build that relationship? I was looking at, I felt some kind of way, right? I literally still felt some kind of way, right? really right. yeah. kind so of way right. when my son passed away. But I had to let it go because of the because bigger, bigger thing. That I, wanted to, I didn't want that to take away what my relationship was with, with my kid. Mm-hmm. And that was more important for me. So yeah. I guess and that, you know, you have to figure out, you know, what's more important.
1: <laughs> no, I, I figured it out already. I, I forgive them all, I, I forgive them all, but that doesn't, you know. Oh yeah. Away, that doesn't take away the fact that I know that they, if their love for me is limited. Yeah. It doesn't take away yeah. that fact, you know, even though I forgive them. So, you know, when, when I'm looking at them telling me that they love me, it's like, really?
0: Yeah. And some people don't really know what love is. There's no the word. <laughs> but like right. you said, it's actions. You show people you love them. How do you show people that you love them? How are you loving yourself? Some people yeah. don't even know how to love themselves. That's so true. they don't even have the capacity have, to love you true. because they don't even have the capacity to love their They don't eat good. That's unloving yourself when you eat unhealthy. They don't take care of themselves. They don't go to the mm-hmm. doctor. That's unloving. Uh, <laughs> they do have negative stuff all the time, has you know? something negative to say, or they evil, they mad. That's unloving. Mm-hmm. So if they carry all these traits for themselves, Hey, they have nothing for you.
7: <laughs> so, but this, yeah. th- there was something that, you know, because um, everything that everyone has said is, is true, you know, at, but there's one misconception about the word forgiveness. You know, when we start talking about forgiveness, everybody seems to think that that means that somehow it's okay for the other person to have done whatever it is they did or did not do. Forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about you. When you decide to forgive someone, that's you letting that go. That means that that doesn't affect you in the same way that it once did. It's about you understanding that you can't control the actions, the behaviors, the thoughts, the feelings of anyone else. It's just, hey, you know what? I gotta let this go so that, you know what? I can heal, that I can go on and I can take care of me it doesn't mean that it's okay for them to have treated you the way that they did or to have done whatever it is that they did. You know what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. I think that when people, when people talk about, Oh, well I can never forgive. Well, okay. You know what? If you can't ever forgive, then that means you're punishing yourself because you're the one that's carrying that burden. You're the person that's still affected by that because To everyone's point here is that, yeah, the the ideology is out of sight, out of mind. So it's, you know what, if this person didn't show you that they cared about you while you was on the inside, why do you think that they going to care whether or not you forgive them or not? They not. You know, why do you think they going to care, you know, how hurt you was, you know, that they didn't reach out to you or keep in touch with you? They don't care. You're the only person that's still walking around and caring about that. And it's affecting you. So if so, if you really are looking at the word forgiveness for what it really is about, it's really more so about you letting go of the stuff you can't control.
1: That's facts. That's facts. And that's that's what I do. I forgive them. But Shari, it's not like I for, I can forget.
7: Oh no, ne- ne- never that. Never yeah. that. It's, it's never about forgetting. You no,
0: know, it's I, always going to be there, yeah, you know, I, but I, that forgiveness allows you to heal and push forward, you know, because those people like Dr. Sherry said, they ain't living their lives. They don't even have a clue. <laughs> they don't even have a clue that you, you know, feel it some kind of way. They laughing and talking part. you know, going on everyday life. And you like, like, Hey, you know, y'all forgot about me. You didn't yeah. think enough about me,
1: yeah.
0: and maybe Kevin, maybe they didn't have it to give.
1: And 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 some of them talked about me like a dog.
0: And then, uh, then there's those.
1: <laughs> and don't know that I know.
0: <laughs> and smiling all in your face. <laughs>
1: smiling all in my face.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, a back. I see your mouth moving.
6: I said, Damn backstabbers, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh hey, be your own people.
6: Hey, hey, I see they got them in New York just like they do in Michigan, (laughs) all over over the country. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they're
0: everywhere, turdie back.
6: Yeah. If I can just say this, you know, and I and I listen. <clears throat> First of all, doctor, it's good seeing you again. You know, good and, seeing you too. You know, and I'm listening. You know, and and uh, I really needed this. You know, I, I needed to hear what the doctor had to say. You know, because see, I'm not I'm not a person at this point in my life. I, I I'm 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 too old and too seasoned just to be playing games. And I know one thing I've had to deal with is my own mental health. You know, it's my own mental health with the things that I've been through. And I remember I heard a woman named Tia Littlejohn say, you know, you know, we all on the damn spectrum. And so, so, <laughs> being black in America, how can you help but be on the spectrum? <laughs> so, you know, and so and, and, and some of the things the doctor was saying, you know, I am I'm, I'm glad to hear her say that because some of the things she said, because some of the things I really, you know, you know, trying to do, you know, improve my sleep and, and exercise and, and my diet, particularly, particularly being black people. I mean, we seem to get the worst of everything in this country, uh, arthritis, cancer. Uh, 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 I mean, just, you know, just, 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 just everything, you know, asthma. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged because I know from like listening to y'all that I'm not alone. And I guess that's the thing I wanted to, to share. J love, you let people share things on me getting ready to do. I'm saying mine right now, you know, y'all let me know. I'm not alone because, you know, isolation is a terrible thing. I mean, putting a man or woman in, in solitary confinement. I mean, that is a, that is a spirit killer right there. That is a spirit killer okay you know and a person can literally go insane in isolated confinement, you know and stuff. so you know you know I want to thank y'all for 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 being here you know because uh it's helped me, you know it's it's helped me.
0: I mean just the way he's saying that you know he was given a death penalty that's right A death penalty yeah yeah, it's insane <laughs> that no. an innocent person get the death penalty that innocent person going to prison that people are over sentenced that did come on now and so we talk about this system and we have to it's so much so we have to Mm -hmm. figure out how when it gets so much where do we go how do we bring it down so we don't stroke out or have a heart attack or whatever you know and so those keys that you gave us, Dr. Sherry, Sherry, are great things because yes, you're gonna have to walk away. You're gonna have to exercise. You're gonna have to walk away. You're gonna have to journal. You're gonna have to listen to some high frequency music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To get your get your vibes together. You know mm-hmm. you're gonna have to take some cleansing breaths. You're going to have to garden. That's what I was doing the whole time. I was there. I was doing gardening, put my hand in the earth, touching the ground, you know, getting myself together because outside of me was, you know, dealing with the system was so insane. So I had to do something that brings me peace. And so, you know, for us, you know, and even those who are not even dealing with the criminal justice system, just everyday normal life stressors, mm-hmm. you have to do something that's going to bring you peace. Like <coughs> at the end of the day,
4: <coughs> Trisha, I ain't seen you in a minute. I know, cause I'm just sitting here crying and in and, and I, I mean, it's just, this is really is no words right for it um but i think for me it's always focusing on the peace on the other side of it right like i know that this is something that i'm going through but there's peace on the something else is on the other side of this and i might not know what that something else is but i'm holding on to the hope that where i'm at is not where i'm going to be right? Mm-hmm. And every day, every day, every day, if I keep focusing on that, because I think sometimes what we don't understand is, is that what you focus on is what you get. What you focus mm-hmm. on is what you manifest. And I just keep reminding myself, you know, to look beyond what I see. Uh, 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 Reverend T, you said it earlier. You know, and I think I put it in the chat. Our, our futures are fixed. That's how I look at it. It's a done deal. It's a it's a non factor. But in the midst of all of that, you gotta take care of you. I, I'm not. I'm not telling you. I'm really speaking to me too. And I've been doing a better job of taking care of myself. Drinking my water. Look, I I was like, I got to get my water intake up. So I bought this right here. And I said I'm drinking two of these a day. Now I I'm, I'm still getting to the two a day. I had I am at one a day, so I'm at least getting sixty four ounces, right? But it's just the small things that you do for yourself. People think that self care got to be so grandiose. Self care was me going in there in there today and cleaning my office desk off because I got tired of looking at that. And anytime I see a mess, it messes with my psyche, right? So that was self-care to me today because now I can go and sit at my desk and I got all my receipts together for my end of the year stuff. Self-care is merely just taking care of yourself, no matter what, (laughs) no matter how. I didn't feel like I told you I had a solo party tonight. I'm taking care of myself. I don't have to be out with a whole bunch of people. I done ordered my pizza. I got my water, I got my Coke Zero, and I am enjoying me. Yeah. Enjoy yourself by yourself. And know that you don't need anything else outside of you to win. I used to look everywhere for the answer. And I was praying, God, send me the answer, Jesus, (laughs) oh, Lord. And guess what? What I learned was I was the answer. I was what I was praying for the whole Mm. time. So just just stay encouraged. Tonight, Mm. I don't leave this feeling like, oh my God. I leave this conversation feeling encouraged. I leave this conversation understanding that the path that I'm on of taking care of myself is the vein that I need to be in. Because this fight, baby... It ain't nothing to play with. But when you are good to yourself, you can be good. Love thy neighbor as you love yourself. See, we talking about, and I I hate to keep going back. I was just quiet, just gleaning and listening. We're talking about people that are emotionally bankrupt. (laughs) We're asking, we're, we're thinking that somebody that is emotionally bankrupt themselves can show up for us. Nah, no. My brother used to tell me all the time, Trisha, you just gotta let people be people. I used to get so mad when he would say that, but it's the truth because people are gonna be people. But as long as you're good to yourself, you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Can I just piggyback on that?
7: Because i yeah. uh, here saying amen to everything you were saying. You know, it everything is is on point. I think that you know, in terms of yeah, how we look at it is, again, we always look to heal through, you know, through somebody else who hasn't healed, who doesn't even know they got a problem, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so you can't heal with somebody else who don't even know they got a problem. So it's, you have to find that healing within yourself. You got to start with you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and find that within yourself before you start looking at other people to help you heal, you know. One uh, something else that, you know, that I sometimes will tell clients is when you got some things on your chest that you're not ready to tell the other person or that you're never going to be ready to tell the other person. Write it down. When you get done with it, you can burn it, do whatever you want. But there's a symbolism in doing that and then either burning it, destroying it or whatever you want to do with it at the end of the day is that once you burn it that's it. That's you. That's another way of letting it go. You don't put Mm -hmm. the words out there on the paper, whether you read it to the other person, let the other person know about it or not. It's, that's another way to get rid of it.
2: Yeah.
7: You know, instead of holding it all the time. So, you know, so these are some things, some other things that definitely you can do. And it's, I agree. Start with the small things. Oftentimes we, you know, we start talking about, oh, we going to exercise and everybody start talking about, yeah, I'm going to go run around the block five days a week. Uh-uh. You, you ain't starting off running around the block five days
0: a week. Okay. You ain't even starting
7: around jogging down the block five days a week. Okay. So if, it's, so if you have to start off small. you know, if, if you want to walk around the block you know, two or three days a week. Start with that and build yourself up to that. But it's, mm-hmm. you know, stop setting yourself up to fail by having unrealistic expectations of yourself. Start <laughs> off small.
0: Right, walk to the corner.
7: Right, walk to the corner, walk back. <laughs> you know, um, and hey, you know what? I mean, there's stuff you can do sitting in your seat. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so even if you're sitting down all day, there are things that you can do to take care of you just sitting in your seat. All right. But again, it's don't feel like you have to take on the mountain before you learn how to climb it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's, yeah. so it, it, it's simply starting off small, starting off with doing things that you enjoy. And, you know, try to keep up the momentum. You know, challenge yourself to increase, you know, whatever it is you're doing. Switch it up. So don't do the same thing every single day. You know, switch mm-hmm. it up, do something different. Challenge yourself to learn different things. Yoga is a good a good way, to you know get your exercise mm-hmm. in, and also you know get in touch with your body and get in touch with yourself. So that's another thing, that you could actually do for yourself. But again, mm-hmm. it's, you have to start healing from within. And yeah. to you know, Kevin, Kevin made um, made a really good point. And there was a book. There's a, there's actually a book I'm reading now that kind of like really, I think, sums up a lot of what you were talking about in terms of the slavery piece. Um, it's called um, Breaking the Chains of Psychological Slavery. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, that that book really, um, you know, sums up a lot of what, you know, Kevin was talking about in terms of the mentality, the mentality that has been developed over, you know, generations, over hundreds and hundreds of years. And that speaks a lot to what Dwayne was talking about earlier about why there is this sort of like, you know, desensitization of, you know, nobody really caring, nobody wanting to reach out. People just kind of like just, you know, living their lives as if, you know, nothing is happening. You know, all of that traces back to that. You know, in all of those times. So that's another, you know, interesting way to kind of like, you know, start to raise awareness and really start to connect the dots about what we're seeing. Because a lot of what we're seeing was created generationally. Mm. And it's just continuing to be manifested in each generation that comes after.
0: Right. But. We could change that because as I heal, I can heal my family. Bingo. I can heal, I can
7: heal generations. I can heal the next generation. Break the cycle. I hear them. Yeah. And the only way you're going to break the cycle is you got to educate yourself and you got to educate everybody else.
1: Right. 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 All right. I got to go. Um, but before I go, I want to clarify something. Um, and, and Attorney Mack can explain it to you. I um I faced the death penalty. I went through the uh, the death penalty phase. It's a whole different phase after the trial, where they're trying to give you the death penalty. And what I was saying was, had I received the death penalty, I wouldn't be here now. Because from the from the average time from conviction to death sentence being carried out in Ohio is right. twenty to twenty two years. Right. So the right. jury voted for the lesser of the, of, of the sentences was which was 20 years to life. Right. But they right. took me through that process. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they it was on the table the whole time, mm-hmm. telling me to, you know, take a deal or I'm facing the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when you when you know that you're being done wrong, you know that you're not receiving a fair trial, you know that you didn't you didn't do what they're saying you did, you can't take the deal. Right. You just can't do it. You know, so people, you know, people are have their opinions on, you know, you should have did this or you should have did that. But when you're in that predicament, if you have any backbone, you cannot take the deal. Yeah. Knowing that you didn't do it. Knowing that they're they're, they're railroading you. Knowing that they're breaking the law to make it seem like you did something that you didn't do. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that. And uh, thanks for having me. I, Thank got you an aunt. I got an aunt I got to go see. Her. I meant to see her early. I got two cousins waiting on me and I got a beautiful wife to pick up from the airport early in the morning. So I got to go. All I'm right. sorry. See
0: you, next you. Week, Thank take you.
1: Care. Y'all take care. I love you. Much love.
0: I have uh, this one piece. Rest is a form of resistance. To me, to you, to those who think resistance is always movement, sit, lay down. Rest is necessary. It's a necessary step in reclaiming our power to resist to resist systemic oppression. So oh Jay, put that back up for me. Well I, I having, can send it to you. Oh
2: okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to have a side. Okay, I got it. So
0: rest is resistance. Take some time to. Check in with yourself. Take some time to sit down and rest and eat some good food and listen to some great music. And love on yourself. Kevin, you want to say anything before we leave?
3: No, but it's a great show. And um, I appreciate y'all having me here. And um, and um, so and uh, <laughs> what's that? Sleep longer, okay? <laughs> right. you
4: sleep on your own? Use some melatonin. <laughs> <I
3: don't
0: know>. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend, Reverend
5: Tia, do you have something to leave us with? Oh my goodness, this was just so an awesome conversation. And Dr. Sherry, oh my goodness, my heart. Uh, those of you, Tashay, you go Max, and Kevin, and, and Wayne, oh, and Jay, oh my goodness, <laughs> y'all were preaching tonight, y'all were teaching, and pre- uh-oh, and wait, and what's his pre- name, what's his name? Justice. His name, Justice. Justice, oh yes, yeah, right, I knew it was something, something that had my fist up,
2: <laughs>
5: I just want to say that, you know, it's, what what Kevin was saying tonight really touched me. It, it made me re- remind myself of I always say the the lies that came forth from our ancestors, and um, because we got to recognize the pain that that's within is also the pain without, and and sometimes we go and try to dull that pain, and and the pain we, we've gotten so used to being in pain. We've gotten so used to being in a struggle, and and so I, you know, now there are times when, and I've had to work on that. I had to work on that as individually, so that I can recognize, okay, you're hurting right now. Acknowledge it.
2: Mm-hmm. How you
5: feel. Acknowledge it. And and take our time too. To acknowledge that knowing, knowing, and like Trichet and a lot of others have said, start to envision and see something different so that you can see on the other side of that through. Mm
2: -hmm.
5: So you can see that you are victorious, that you are an overcomer, that you are healed. You are the healed of the Lord and you get to say so. Uh, Everything, talk to yourself, good things, but first acknowledge where, what you're feeling. And and then ask ask the spirit within you, why? Where did this come from? And help me not to keep holding on to this. Don't let it be okay. Don't be complacent with it. It's not okay that you're in pain. It's not okay that you're not okay.
0: Thanks. Thank you, Rabbitia. Thank you.
4: Trisha. you good? Just remember the Bruner and the Vass family. Just.
3: Oh, oh, happy birthday!
4: This family. Oh, thank you, thank you so much.
3: Yes,
6: that's right. Happy birthday, Trey.
4: Yes, yes, yes. Because I will. Our celebration started tonight. That's good. That's, that's good. Right. Enjoy. Enjoy. I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to the Pistons and the Cavaliers game tomorrow night. And then Sunday I'm going to karaoke. And then Monday I'm going to the Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) Self-care. Self-care.
0: Yes. Yes. Attorney Matt.
6: Well, in addition to what I said, thank you all, you know, for, for helping me. And let me know I'm not alone. I wanted to finish up what Dwayne had started. You see, whether or not he was sitting on death row. That is certainly important, but what's more important is he was in the line of fire. So you got to, you got to understand that when, when soldiers go to war, they are in the line of fire. Okay. So the fact that that man's life could have been taken, it could have been taken. He was in the line of fire and suffered the trauma of being in the line of fire. Okay. So Fortunately, and, and praise God, his life was not taken, but it could have been. It could have been. So, you know, um, if I'm, I guess I'm not talking to people on the panel. I'm talking to people who, who are listening. Be sympathetic and try to open your heart to somebody that has had a penitentiary experience. Okay. Because I don't care how great they think they are, that person has been damaged. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And because the system is designed to damage you, all right. It, it, and so, so be a little patient and, like Jay Love, you always say, "Black people, particularly you, black people, stop saying or well, they wouldn't be in there if they didn't do nothing. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. You know, you know. At least be objective and say, well, the system is far from perfect." Every case is different. Let's look at this, you know, or at least analyze this thing objectively. And if they say the only time you're there is if you're proven guilty beyond reasonable doubt, like I tell juries every day, you believe something beyond a reasonable doubt when you know it like you know your name. If you don't know if that man was in that alley like you know your name, there's one simple answer, not guilty. That's it. That's it. Got it? Excuse me for venting. I love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Attorney Matt, and Doctor Richardson. Can you um, leave us with something, and also how people can get with you if they want to get a session?
7: Or... So you can reach me through my website, um, which you put up there a couple of times of uh, freshpsychotherapy.com. Uh, I also have a phone number, but it's seven one eight. And I'm actually going to type my email in the chat. I'll do the email and uh, the phone number in the chat for anyone that wants to reach me. If you want to get me fairly quickly, it's better if you email me. Um, But in terms of closing out, I mean... We pretty much summed it up here. I think that, you know, you have to put yourself first in order to be able to do anything for anyone else, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we have to work really hard on, you know, breaking the stigma of, you know, being silent and always being judgmental and not looking at the whole picture, not looking at, you know, how... Not only how you know generational trauma continues to affect us all and the need to break the cycle for that, but that then also how we are contributing to that. You know, like we have to be more intentional with our words, we have to be more intentional with our actions, and we have to really look at whether or not what we're saying is matching what we're doing because if what you're saying isn't matching what you're doing then people are going to basically look at you and say hey you know what well maybe this person really isn't credible you know maybe you know i should take a second look before i actually you know invest in you know whether or not i should believe anything this person is saying or not so you really have to make sure that however you're showing up you're showing up in the same way that Matches what you're saying. So, you know, the examples you guys gave here tonight were good ones. If you're telling somebody that you love them, how are you showing them that you love them? You know, what is your definition of love? Because, again, everybody got a different definition of love. And, again, all of that comes from, most of it comes from how you were raised. Okay? I mean, the environment that you come from pretty much shapes who you are. So if you come from an environment where you weren't shown much in the way of affection or love, you may not be an affectionate person. It doesn't mean that you don't love somebody, but it just means that you have a different way of showing it. So we have to take all of those things in consideration when we're trying to judge someone. And really and truthfully, we shouldn't be judging anyone because none of us are perfect. So it's take it one day at a time. You know, try to make sure that you're living in a way that really reflects the fact that you love and care about yourself so that when you are saying that you love and care about somebody else, that it's coming from a place of truth. Mm -hmm. And I guess the last thing I want to say is. Let's start showing up as our true, authentic selves. Stop trying to, you know, fit this mold that society has set for us. Stop trying to, you know, try to, you know, fit in where you can get in. We were all born as unique individuals. So it's, don't be afraid to show up as your true authentic self. Don't be afraid to walk in your truth, whatever that truth may be. Don't be afraid to walk in it, stand by it and fight for it if you have to. Yeah.
0: Thank you, doctor. And I want to
7: thank everybody for having me. I love doing this. So I, I thank you so much. Yes, we're
0: going to have you back soon. So <laughs> let me know.
2: <laughs>
0: i got a <new> client. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thank you, guys. Um, making your piece a priority means making yourself a priority, not being ashamed, not being guilty. Just saying, hey, I have to do this for me so I can have enough to do for somebody else. And so I want to thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, Don't forget about, again, um, Kyle Burner. Um, He was a a zonary here in Michigan. And his mother was, uh, uh, his mother is Vernelle Voss. She is a great, Person who did outstanding work yes. to help free her son yes. from a wrongful conviction. um His funeral is on Thursday, December the seventh. If you want to go visit, um, the visitation is on Wednesday, December the sixth, at Stinson Funeral Home. And um, so that's all the information. And if you would like to donate, contact me or Trisha. Uh, to let us know um, and we will help you out with that. Um, Also, uh, thanks a lot for watching. Uh, um, These shows are helping people. I mean, Attorney Matt sent me an email of someone who emailed him that was in prison about um, the show we just did, you guys, on ineffective um, assistant counsel. And so, um, They're getting out. So just please share, 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 share because we give a lot of timely information that people need. So, and um, we're going to continue this work as long as we can. So thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week on turning a moment into a movement. Good night.
4: Good night, everybody. Love you.